Hello everybody and welcome to the Extra Time Podcast, hosted by myself, Jack Worthington, and just me today, Tom can't be here, but um, today we are going to go over game week three, um, the end of the group stages, England-Scotland and an England-Czech Republic preview, we were, unfortunately couldn't get a podcast up this weekend, we, I had a lot on, so did Tom, but we're getting up, we're getting one up tonight, um, the night before England's final group fixture against the Czech Republic. I'm going to briefly touch on the England-Scotland game. Um, obviously, nil nil draw. Not England's prefer. Um, not England's. Not not the result England were looking for. I think I think Gareth Southgate took a lot a lot a lot of criticism, uh, on social media and in the press recently. Um, mainly for keeping Raheem Sterling on. Um, taking off Harry Kane, taking off Phil Foden, and just kind of the substitutions that he made, and maybe bringing on Grealish slightly late. I do agree with the criticism he's received in cases such as leaving on Raheem Sterling. Um, I do believe he wasn't offering much at all. Um, his link-up play didn't look great. His link-up play didn't look great. He didn't really have any cutting edge. He didn't really have any flair going forward. He didn't offer much compared to Jack Grealish when he did come on. But I do agree that it was the right decision to bring off Harry Kane. Um... Albeit, I understand why people do do believe this. Um, this wasn't as he is England. Is, he is the most prolific goal scorer in that England lineup. It has to be said. However, he we were playing, we're clipping balls into the channel for him to try and latch onto, and that's kind of not that's not his. Um, that's kind of not how he plays. He doesn't chase after balls into the channel and um, try and beat a man. He, he he was trying to hold up the ball as well, but it just it wasn't really sticking. He was looking for runners in Raheem Sterling and. Um, yeah, he was looking for runners from Raheem Sterling and Phil Foden in that first half until Foden, Foden and Sterling came off. No, Sterling didn't come off, sorry. Um, but yeah, he wasn't really receiving it, so he did look quite isolated, uh, much like when he played Croatia. But um, people calling this a crisis, I, it, I can confirm, it's not a crisis. Um, Harry Kane is not hasn't scored yet. Yet that's never good. However, he's a kind of player that. That could just turn it on the flick of an instant, and I really, I really, really hope we're going to see that against Czech Republic tomorrow night. He's a class player, and uh, two, two mediocre games, uh, two mediocre games does not define this tournament for for him. And as I say, um, form is temporary, class is permanent. I really hope we'll see that in the knockout stages and tomorrow night. But yeah, obviously a really, really disappointing result against the Czech Republic. Not not against Czech Republic, against Scotland. Sorry, um, Scotland. It has to be said they probably were the better team. Uh, I think I'm. I think I'm right in saying. Um, Reese James cleared off the line. They had some really clear cut chances. I don't think Pitford was called called into action too many times, except when he got made that um, diving save to his right side, which was really really strong save. Um, yeah, that was that was a really impressive save. But I think it's one. England Scotland game was one of the first new draws of the tournament. I think it's the second after the Sweden Spain game. But. As expected, England had a, had the majority of the ball with sixty percent possession. However, it's actually it has to be said that attempts wise, Scotland had more. They had eleven opposed to England's nine, which I think some fans are really really annoyed by this. Um, especially since it's there are a lot of Scotland Scottish fans in the ground and throughout London. I was, I saw a lot in the tube and my 
ahead throughout the day, really. Um, however, yeah, this was their cup final, as Tom and I did did speak about um, after the Croatia game. We said it. I said it. It was not going to be a walk in the park for England. It certainly wasn't. Uh, they had they had more temps temps than England. They probably had the more clear cut chances. Um, our attacking options didn't really have a sniff. We just it looked lethargic, and in a in a in a rivalry at Wembley. Post COVID in a major tournament, I think just the fans are really hoping for more, and I felt quite let down by Gareth Southgate, but not just Gareth Southgate, the players that were on the pitch. Um, a clean sheet, that is one positive we could take from the game. Pickford played well once again. I thought Mings was good. I think <sighs> Luke Shaw, we played native left back this time. I think I do think it was the right decision. Um, however, we just didn't really offer much. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Um, Reese James did well. He made that clearance off the line. I thought he played relatively well going forward, putting a couple of nice crosses in. Um, however, I do I do believe it's a bit of a negative game plan. Whether Gareth Southgate is going out for the draw, people saying this, but I think that's ludicrous. Um, in the major tournaments, you can't afford to come up with all these theories. Whether you want to finish first or second, the best place to finish is obviously first, and maybe finishing second means you have a, you have an easier running run to the final. But um, either way, you're gonna have to beat the best at some point. So I think this whole um, this whole theory of England finishing second or or even third and having a Fairly, fairly easy route to the final is a uh, nonsense because um, if if England are serious about winning this tournament, they're gonna have to play likes of France at some point. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on some of the games over the weekend quickly. Um, well, it started with Hungary France on the Saturday. Obviously, that was one all. Really, really nice goal by Hungary. I was really I was really impressed with that. Some nice nice link up play down the left hand side. A little one two between Fiola and I can't I can't remember the other guy. Um, but yeah, really nice link-up play. He took a touch inside, steady himself before he before he put it in bo- uh, Larissa's bottom right. Couldn't Larissa couldn't get down quick enough, and even if he did, it was nestled in the corner nicely. So that put Hungary Hungary against the run of play. How they didn't play badly. They had a couple of opportunities. Um, one 0 up. Have a France just and kind of just stepped it up a little bit and found an equaliser. Spare their blushes for Antoine Griezmann, who um, does love the Euros. It has to be said. Um, but I still think it's definitely two points dropped for for France. But and that kind of makes that kind of makes I think it's yeah Wednesday night that's going to make that really really interesting. Um, because um, still every single team has has the opportunity to go through as France play Portugal, which are two teams that are opposed to go. For what obviously is a repeat of the twenty sixteen final with Hungary the winners and France to run us up. Um, and France also the world champions. There is a lot of there is a lot of um, underlying kind of underlying meaning to that game with all the history between the two sides in the recent years. And there's also Germany versus Hungary, and Hungary showed that they can compete um, with the bet with the best. Maybe it was a one off, but especially I think the game's in Budapest. I'm right in saying, if that Hungary if that Hungary Germany game is in Budapest, I could really see um, I could really see Hungary maybe getting a result there. And I might be wrong, but poss- I think I do believe that France will ultimately beat beat Portugal and top the group. But it'll be interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see how how, how it unfolds on Wednesday night. Um, I got I got that completely wrong. I t- I did say I was wor- if I was a German fan, I'd be worried about the lack of goals. Um, that kind of went wrong in the ne- in the next game that I'm just going to touch upon. Um, it was Portugal versus 
it was Portugal versus Germany, and in the end, it was 4-2 to Germany with them scoring four, so obviously I got that wrong. Two maybe own goals, but they still were really, really good going forward. Um, it was Portugal that went 1-0 up through Ronaldo. Um, Yota uh, squared it to him. He, he couldn't really miss. Good goal. Um, I thought... I thought that Portugal just... Just, just didn't really look like they were properly at the races that day. They, they kind of had another gear to go to, and they just ultimately didn't find it. And as soon as they went two one down, there's a momentum shift, and it, w- yeah, and it was in Munich that game. I think the fans got behind that German team. They, they, there's a sense of positivity that you didn't really see in that France game, a France Germany game. Maybe you did see it in patches where German, where France won the back foot. But as soon as Germany had something to defend. Um, and preserve and even go after and try and um, reinforce that lead. They, they, the drum, the fans just really got behind that 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 eleven fielded by um by um Shokam Low and in the end it paid dividends as they scored three more going four one up before uh, Diogo Yota uh, equal uh, not equalised got a consolation goal to make it four two. However. Germany picked up a plus two in their goal difference, which could be could could be vital in the difference between maybe second and third, for example, um, and that could make all the difference because they're they're so slender. This kind of um this this kind of um things in group stages, there are only three games, and teams can teams can end up with very very similar results. You just saw that with, um in Group A where Wales uh, Wales just about each through to second place, from fair play to them as they. It was damage limitation from the Welsh. I'm just going to touch upon this quickly. Um, as they held Italy um, after after going 1-0 down the 39th minute uh, for much of the game, they, they held Italy to a 1-0 and they kind of just... They, they recognised that they weren't going to... They weren't going to necessarily... Um, they weren't really looking for a result. Gareth Bale maybe could have... Well, he should have scored. It was an absolute sitter for a player, player like Gareth Bale. He blazed over from the volley. He had so much time. He was just a bit erratic with that. I think Wales recognised that chances are they weren't going to beat or draw draw to Italy, so it's kind of damage limitation um, to to yeah to to ensure they finish second with Switzerland playing Turkey when they won three one, but in the end they did hold Italy to just a one goal margin, uh, even after even after Ethan Ampadu got sent off. I did think it was a fairly it it's, it's many people think it's a fairly harsh red card. It was it was a straight red, so I think possibly a booking. It was a nasty challenge. He did stand on, but I, I it was studs up. It was late, but I it was it was careless from Ampadu, but I still don't see how that's a red card. But um, it, it is, and it was, and in the end, it was one new Italy in that game. But Switzerland, Turkey again. Turkey have had an absolutely terrible tournament. They were typically they were a lot of people's dark horses, and they've just really underperformed um, with a minus seven goal difference and um, with a minus seven goal difference and zero points. To put that into perspective, that's worse than North Macedonia. And I think they've only scored. Did they only score one goal or ton, all tournament? Am I right in saying? Yeah, that their first goal of the tournament was against Switzerland uh, in the sixty second minute um, in the final game of their Euro twenty twenty campaign. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a campaign to forget for the Turkish fans. However, it is going to be Italy and Wales who definitely secure their places through to the next round. With um, Switzerland possibly getting through with four points, they probably will. And we're gonna have to see we're gonna have to see how those those third place teams, which third place teams go through. With um, time recording, 
Finland trail Belgium 1-0 through a Heredeki own goal. I didn't see the goal. Um, and Russia are losing to Denmark 3-1 with Andreas Christensen just, just getting a goal to surely still three points. And fair play to Denmark because they have faced so many obstacles this um. They have, they have faced so many obstacles. The most notable one being Christian, the Christian Eriksen one, and then and um, them having to play the game about an hour and a half later, which is ludicrous. And I think UEFA dealt with that so so wrong, and it probably shouldn't have even been played. And uh, I think Christiansen's just scored again. No, it's Mailer in the end. So yeah, four one Denmark. But um, all the challenges that Denmark have faced with um, with one of their players practically dying and them having to overcome that mental setback. And then for them having to play Finland in like a well, yeah, like a Scandinavian rivalry, uh, just an hour and a half later, it it takes a toll on you. And apparently, um, I think I think Schmeichel said they they had no option but to play the game. UEFA didn't really give them much of an option. So if that's the case, I feel I feel like UEFA have have gone about that all wrong, and um, and they should take the brunt of that. But um, it's nice to see Denmark beating Russia four one now, looking like they should go through. Am I right in saying? I think that bolts them up to. Four points, no, three points into second place, beating Finland on goal difference as they are losing to um to Belgium 2-0 now with Lukaku scoring. That's good for my fancy team. So, um yeah, that's looking like it's going to end with Denmark coming second and facing Wales in round of 16. That's going to be a cracker. Um, but, yeah, I want to touch upon... My, it's, this is this is kind of going into the second part now. We're going to do... A, I'm going to do a bit of a... England Czech Republic pre preview and just kind of a Group D preview tomorrow night. Both games at eight o'clock between Croatia, Scotland, and Czech Republic, England. So um, as things stands in Group D, Czech Republic first, obviously plus two goal difference, four points off two games. England also four points off two games, although it's only a plus one goal difference with um, the only the only goal being against Croatia, that Raheem Sterling strike. Um, Croatia my, a minus one goal difference as they did lose to England, however they. They salvaged his draw against the Czech Republic, meaning meaning they're on one point. Scotland minus two goal difference, uh, also on one point. They need something special. They need to win against Croatia too. That'll probably send them through third place. Scotland aren't out of it by any stretch, but it's not looking like they're going to finish in the top two unless unless uh, unless England lose to Czech Republic fairly um, by by a, by a more than one nil margin. Um, but what what England? I don't necessarily have to go for it, but I think I think Gareth Southgate needs to put a statement down to um to not just not just to England, not just to the fans, but to the other teams in the tournament that England can put its teams and England can um respond to ups to criticism and and challenges they face. So I really hope that's what happens. But um I really I yeah, I really hope that's what happens and England come out with all guns blazing and just uh, blow away Czech Republic. But I don't think that'll be the case at all. I think Czech Republic are a really good side, obviously. Patrick Schick, um top I think we need to touch on him. He's had a really good start to the tournament. Top top goal scorer well joint with Genie Ronaldo and I think Ronaldo's got three, if I, if I'm right in saying. But um Genie Ronaldo and uh, Ronaldo. But Patrick Schick, obviously that one to go against Scotland is the one that everyone's talking about. He scored a penalty against um, Croatia that he also won with an elbow by Dejan Lovren. So it's just, it's just uh, that that kind of shows he's not, he's not, he doesn't shy away from any any sort of um, any sort of physical intimidation methods that um, Croatia tried to impose on him, or maybe it's just reckless and Dejan Lovren, whatever. It just shows he's he's willing to get in uh, in the thick of it, and he did so. Won a penalty, sent the keeper the wrong way, and um, that was his third of the campaign. So could he? 
could he be? I think he could be a four in England side um, tomorrow night. But hopefully, um, Tyra Mings and John Stones, maybe Harry Maguire will even be back. I think in a game game of this magnitude, you might have to play him. But um, we're gonna see. I'm gonna touch on that later. But um, I really, really hope that England could, can come out of a really good performance. I'm gonna talk about my lineup now. What I would play, not what what not what I think Gareth Southgate will play, and um, just just more of a preview in general. So uh, obviously, I have no Tom tonight. So it's it's just <laughs> I'm doing. Literally all the talking, so um, so I'm gonna start here. I'm gonna say, well, the first one's pretty self-explanatory. Played both of the two games, Jordan Pickford in between the sticks. Now, um, left back and right back is a is a fairly topical topical two positions going into this game. England on four points. That is probably enough to get through. But England, as I as I said, uh, I think I think. The best place to finish is first, and I think that's what England should be aiming for, no matter who they play in the next round. Uh, Germany showed that Portugal can be beaten if they're the team that we do play. France showed that Portugal can, uh, France showed that Germany can be beaten, and Hungary showed that um, France, France are, uh, you can compete with France. So um, there are some. They haven't looked invincible. The, the three teams in the group of death, and if England are at the races, I do think they could beat them. So um, I think. Just for confidence and momentum, I do think England should be aiming to finish top of the group. And hopefully they will win over Czech Republic. But I'm saying for the two full-backs... Um, oh, yeah, break, uh, the breaking news today was that Mason Mount and... Um, Mason Mount and Ben Chilwell had to, uh, ha- are having to self-isolate for um, the foreseeable future as a um, precaution for Billy Gilmore contracting coronavirus. Obviously, uh, the Scottish international also plays at Chelsea. Well, the match performance against England. Um, but hopefully, I don't know whether the I don't know whether the two the pair are going to be back for the game tomorrow. I genuinely couldn't tell you. Um, if they are, I don't think Chilwell starts for me. Mount possibly does, but I'm going to get on to that. But uh, assuming that Chilwell's not there, I would have to start Luke Shaw, as I think you have to start a native left back. Um, and yeah, Trippier did, was pretty mediocre, but I think I think Shaw offers more going forward and defensively, especially on that left hand side. The two centre-backs then. Um, bear in mind that Harry Maguire's got a couple more days training under his belt, but he's got no minutes in an inter- in this tournament. So I do start t- start Tyron Mings, come to think of it. Um, don't get me wrong, I think that if England are leading, Harry Maguire will be such a presence to come on the pitch and uh, kind of just um, calm through everything down. Maybe Jordan Henson could do the same. Also, hasn't had, uh, I don't think he's had any minutes. Yeah, he hasn't had any minutes. So I think the pair could be um, potentially come on to just um, calming down game management. Two very experienced players, two leaders, two captains in their respective teams, Man United and Liverpool. So I would start Tyro Mings and John Stones. So the first four players are unchanged. And then um, it's just a question of who I play at right back. Now, um, Reese James, obviously England did keep a clean sheet. And that is it. And, um, excuse me. And def- uh, de- defensively, it is his main, um, main function and that is his uh, main job. Uh, ensuring ensuring safety at the back. However, he did look good going forward as well at times, putting a couple of nice crosses in, looking for Harry Kane. Obviously, nothing that he can latch onto significantly. But um, I don't think he was he was steady. Steady six out of ten for East James. However, is that good enough to to start him in this in the game of this magnitude? Um, I think Kieran Trippier should be given the opportunity right back, whether that's this game or not. I'm not sure. Um, Gareth South it is known that Gareth Southgate is a fan of Kieran Trippier and he does like to um, rely on players that have performed from him in the past. Uh, but I think 
I think Walker and Trippi have done done so more than um, Rhys James have. So I do think one of the two will start just to... Um, he may not start the most talented side, but I think Gareth Southgate is going to start the side as he, as he hasn't done for um, the two games so far, many people think. But um, yeah, I don't think he's going to start the most talented side. However, I do. he's going to start a side that he believes are, are going to get the result. And... Um, I think I think in that side, Carl Walker does start. I know he did. I know I've I've been openly criticising him after that performance against Croatia, but I do think, um, given his, his experience and um, his quality, um, his his quality and his quality overall, he's shown it for Man City, he's shown it for England in the past. I would start Carl Walker. So then, moving on to the midfield, many people did criticise Gareth Southgate playing to, uh, a very negative team in Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice. Uh, in the midfield, uh, they did play well against Croatia, but that uh, sticking with those those two, that gamble didn't really pay off against Scotland. We did um, look slightly overrun in the midfield. Um, Che Adams kind of holding, coming coming deep and picking up the ball and kind of driving at the back line with where Tyrone Mings and John Stones did really well to shut him down. But he was he was dropping in between the likes of Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice, finding a fair bit of space before. Um, Trying to trying to create an opportunity, he couldn't really. He only had one half chance, which he horribly sliced. Um, but would I would I start Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice? I probably would, but I'd definitely be thinking about making subs at forty five, if not definitely at sixty, depending on how the game goes. Uh, possibly bring on the likes of um, John Henderson. You could bring in Mason Man if he doesn't start in midfield. You could bring in Jude Bellingham. A lot of people want to see him start more. Um, yeah. And then for the third midfielder, for me, I, re- I really want to see Gareth Southgate start Jack Grealish. Whether that's in the front three or at 10, I think it will probably be on the left-hand side. So if Mount's available, I would start him. But going under the presumption that he's not, I think you've got to take a gamble and start like Phil Foden at 10, freeing up, freeing up the right wing spot for someone like Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford. So yeah, let me know on Twitter if you agree with that. Extra time podcast to link. Um, obviously, as always, the Twitter's in the description of the podcast. Uh, and yeah, let me know if you agree with that decision because that's quite, that's the one that spurs quite quite a lot of controversy. But anyway, moving on to the front three. Um, whether he's in bad form or not, hundred million pound bid has come in for him today, showing his glass by Man City. Nonetheless, Harry came for me has to start up front. Um, and I think we've just got to back Harry through this, despite these two pretty, well, pretty, pretty disappointing games. I still think Harry Kane is world class in every possible way, and I do think he's still going to be. He's England's captain. He's the key to this England team. He's he, he kind of he's a fin- He he gives that he gives England that wild factor, that sparkle, and he just and when he's playing well, England play well. So for me, we saw it out of the twenty eighteen World Cup. So for me, Harry Kane has to start. Uh, first name on the team sheet for me, um, and then you've got two positions left. And for me, I, get, I really, really don't want to see Raheem Sterling start. I've got a bit of a, an agenda against this man. I won't lie, but um, he did play well against Croatia. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's had two games. I think we've got, we've got Gareth Southgate's got to take that gamble and um, kind of please the fans and start Jack Grealish, if you will, because um, he he won't know until he he tries it because he's. He hasn't. Grealish hasn't really had that opportunity to impress Gareth Southgate in a big game that really matters for England. 
He's done it in like friendlies against like Romania and Austria, for example. But you, I really think that Gareth Southgate should give him a shot to impress him at a big game and make and make Gareth Southgate have that have that trust and uh, sense that he can rely on Greenish to perform for England um, in the big games and really when it matters. So I think that Greenish, I would start him. I don't think Gareth Southgate will start him, but I'd really love to see him in that starting eleven, and so will the majority of the country. Um, and that leaves one more spot. And as I did play Foden at ten. It's just a case whether you start Marcus Rashford or Jadon Sancho. I think I'm right in saying that Marcus Rashford hasn't started at all for England. Um, uh, see, that that Mount um, isolation could turn out to be a, a blessing in disguise if Jack Grealish starts for England. Because um, ordinarily, ordinarily he would start, uh, Foden would start on one side and probably one of Sterling or Rashford would start on the other. So if it allows Jack Grealish, if it frees up a space for Jack Grealish starting, he does play well. Then um, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe it's a good for England. We'll have to see. But I would start Marcus Rashford on the right hand side, and that's down to one reason, one reason only, and that's experience. I think um, he's been good for Man- Manchester United consistently. I do think on his days he's, he's world class. I wouldn't call him. I wouldn't call Marcus Rashford a world class footballer. He's incredibly talented, but I don't think he's in amongst the best. I might be wrong there. Man United fans are probably absolutely going ballistic. Uh, to all, all you Man, Man United listeners, I'm very sorry. But I wouldn't class uh, Marcus Rashford as a world-class footballer. I think he's got the potential to be one. But right now, given given his goals, given his assists, given his statistics, I don't think he's a world-class footballer. But I would start him against the Czech Republic, down to his experience at such a young, young age, the way he carries himself. Um, his ability to um, to just to to create a half chance into a goal scoring opportunity, uh, it does cease to amaze me. And I do and I do think he could be could could definitely score against and get up and running for the tournament against Czech Republic. So that kind of concludes my starting eleven and who I would play against the Czech Republic. Um, so yeah, that kind of concludes part one of the pod. Thank you very much for listening, and I'm going to go on to the second part now. Thank you. Okay, so swiftly moving on, I'm going to touch on the rest of the games from uh, game week three, concluding the group stage of this Euros, which has been pretty thrilling. We've we've seen some upsets, we've seen some we've seen some ball draws in England, Scotland, um, and I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it to be honest. Um, I think the stand up the stand up game was obviously the the Germany Portugal one. I don't think many people expected Germany to win. But they just they just showed that they can compete on the highest level uh, to this day. And p- those people writing them off, myself included, need to t- need to take a look at themselves and look at and take a look at that Germany outfit and probably rethink some things. So um, obviously we touched on Group D. Uh, well, the the Czech Republic England game quickly. Uh, mainly, uh, I the Croatia Scotland game. Obviously Scotland need a win. To boost them onto four points and pretty much confirm their place in the round of 16. However, it, is, it has to be said that Croatia are a difficult outfit. Uh, obviously, World Cup finalists uh, only lost to Ind- England slenderly. However, Scotland did get a draw against England, which makes makes me think that the, with the game at, in Glasgow, could Scotland perform an upset and qualify and qualify for the round of 16 in their first tournament in 23 years? It would be absolutely it would be absolutely rocking in Hampton Park if that was the case. Do I think it could happen? Definitely. Do I think it will? Probably not. I do think Croatia are the better team on paper. And putting emotion aside, 
um, in a way that Englanders couldn't. Um, I'm definitely not salty about it. Um, I do think Croatia would go for, are going to go through to the round of 16 with uh, in third place. Would it be in third place or would it be in fourth place? Um, yeah, it, it depends on the score lines, depending on how badly Czech Republic get beat. Uh, and if England, do, yeah, if England beat Czech Republic and Croatia beat Scotland, it really just depends on goal difference, just much like the Group A. So, um, I did, but both teams probably will go through no matter which way. So, um, but in the Croatia Scotland game, if I had to give a prediction, I would say, um, I think it's going to be a disappointment for the Scots. I'm going to say they're going to be, it's going to be one nil, a late Ivan Perisic strike to just kind of sink them. They'll be going after it the entire game. It's looking promising. And um, Croatia just kill it off late, or, late doors. And if I had to make a prediction for the Czech Republic England game, um, obviously I predict the 2 1 for Scotland. For Scotland versus England, I got that one wrong. <sighs> Czech Republic England at Wembley. I do think, well, I'm going to have to predict an England win, but I think it will be 1 0. I think, once again, we're not going to score many, which, which may be. And teams may start to raise a few eyebrows on England's ability to score a lot of goals. But I do think it'll be 1-0, a slender win, with the goal coming through someone like Phil Foden. Um, and on Wednesday, it's kind of... That's, that's the final day of all the group stage action. With four games taking place, Group E and Group F both concluding. And then we'll, I'll put a podcast, myself and Tom hopefully, put podcasts up about um the round of 16 preview and probably even further because we can we kind of see like um the, the 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 chain in which team in which teams could and who teams could face in later rounds and who who we think will qualify and we kind of start to piece together who's going to go far and who's going to go home in the round of 16 and um and further so um group E is Sweden Poland Slovakia Spain and then groups F uh Germany Hungary and Portugal France so I've I've touched upon so Sweden, Poland. I think I'm right in saying group in Group E. Um, yes. Yeah, so Spain are actually in third in this group on two points after two games with um, one nil a draw and one one all draw. Lewandowski um, cancelling out cancelling out um, Alvaro Morata's strike. So um, Spain need to win. It has to be said they haven't been good at all this um, uh, this tournament. But maybe Mike are saying they they they're lack. Saying their lack of ability to score goals will uh, will go against me once again, and they will blitz um, Slovakia. But I have I don't think they will. I think it's in Spain. I, I, this home advantage it does make such a difference in these uh, in these international tournaments. I know I keep talking about it, but um, I think it'll be I think it'll be one all, and Spain might go through in third. But I don't I can't see them winning. I just don't think they're strong enough to do it this year. It just looks all. It just looks. It just looks like a misfit team. They don't. They look like a bunch of individuals. They don't look like a team that's gelled. They don't look like uh, people that play together. But maybe they'll show me up. But yeah, I just. I don't think Spain. Even if they do get out of the group, I don't think they'll go far. It's not the Spain we we've seen to, to win back to back Euros in 2012, 2008. Under Luis Enrique, I really think the Spain team will not go far. Uh, whether they go out in the round of 16 is beside the point. I think the Spain team's got underlying issues up front. It's, they've got an ageing backline. Sergio Ramos not even picked. They've got Unai Simon in between the sticks. I just It doesn't have the markings of a good team anymore. I think Spain are mediocre at this point. And people need to, need to kind of realise that they potentially should stop classing them 
as right now like a major major team as they're not they can't compete with the likes of Germany Portugal France um so yeah that's kind of that's kind of um concludes my prediction for Slovakia Spain then moving on to Sweden Poland um Forsberg is a player to look out for Sweden I've got him on my fantasy team and I'm a real fan of him I think that he's um, a good player. Obviously, he plays for RB Leipzig, and I think he could be the difference here. Obviously, Lewandowski got up and running for this tournament. However, um, I think Sweden will go through. I actually do fancy Sweden here. Um, I think this, this, these are the teams that are... Uh, obviously, Poland, bo- Poland bottom of the group, Sweden on four. Um, Poland, did Poland... Yeah, Poland lost to Slovakia. Um and and um uh, drew to Spain. So a draw for, draw for Slovakia against Spain will be enough to for them to qualify for the next round. But um I do I do see Sweden beating beating Poland, sending Poland home unfortunately, probably by two goals to nil, is what I'm saying. Um and then and then you've got that, that group of death where it's uh, Germany versus Hungary, Portugal versus France, and I think I think, well, per, per, Germany, in my opinion, are going to pick up three points. That'll take them to six. And then, depending on the goal difference, depending on the goal difference, Germany could genuinely top the group. So, so Germany beat France, they're, and they're on a plus one goal difference. Uh, that'll take them to six. And then France are on four. If France beat Portugal, that is, at the equation, France finish first on seven points uh, out of three games. For if Portugal do beat France, we could see France finishing third. We, yeah, we could see France France finishing third with um, Portugal in first. No, Portugal in first, Germany in second, France in third, and Hungary, unfortunately, out. So um, this this literally could go any, any sort of way. Even Hungary could finish second. It's such a difficult one to predict. But if I had to do so, I would say France to beat Portugal by um, two goals to one um, and Germany's beat beat Hungary 2-0 so it'll be France first Germany second Portugal third yeah Portugal third on three points you're not you're not necessarily through so we're going to have, bear in mind that um, Portugal very nearly drew to Hungary so uh, well, well they did win 3-0 and that obviously doesn't sound like very nearly but they were three late goals in the first one coming in the 84th minute so uh, bear in so just bear that in mind that Portugal maybe aren't as good as people think this year. Um, uh, but I do think, yeah, on three points, especially, ooh, I don't know if Portugal will go through if they lose to France. That's going to be a really interesting one to look out for, and I'll definitely keep my eyes peeled. But, uh, and I do think they will lose to France. So France and Germany definitely through. Portugal in third in that kind of danger position. It's not, not a good place to be. It's better than the fourth, though, and Hungary go out. But... Um, with the with the fixtures tonight, I think it confirms it confirms England's spot in the round of sixteen, which is good to know. Obviously, mission accomplished, I guess, and it's just now a case of who you play in the next round and how we how we go about the Czech Republic game. Hopefully, no injuries and hopefully three points to just kind of boost our team morale after that draw to Scotland. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what else to say on this. Um, as it's just myself, Jack. Today it's not good. It's not going to be as as long of an episode as I as I would have liked. But um, we're starting to piece together who's playing who in the round of sixteen. So so far we've got Wales versus Denmark, and that really could go either way. I do. 
especially with that with that four one in fatigue Denmark win today, they'll, they'll be feeling a lot more confident than they were just just for the game. Well, they weren't even they weren't they were bottom of the group and um, not just before with Russia in second. So it, it it's completely turned on its head. Belgium finishing first, Denmark in second, Finland have um you've you've got to give give them credit where credit's due. They may have beat big Denmark in just in the times which just couldn't have been couldn't have been uh, foreseen. However, they did finish third. And three points, you never know, it might be enough. Same same amount of points of Portugal if they lose to France. Their goal difference may be worse, though. So, um, so yeah. I, I, yeah, I was talking about these slender margins in the group stage, and especially with these third-place teams now. The differences between going home and going through to the next round are really, really minuscule. And it could, like, in third-place teams, it, the four best go through, and it could come down to goal difference, and if not goal scored, goals against... It is is that that little when teams gonna the teams gonna be biting their, biting their nails and just and just watching 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 the other games and just praying that they go through to the next round and don't go home. But yeah, Denmark versus Wales that's gonna be a really interesting one. I think if Denmark didn't win so emphatically, I would be predicting a Wales win as they did beat. And bear in mind that Wales did just lose to Italy. I think. Things are kind of swung in Denmark's favour for this, but Wales do tend to tend to turn up in in when when they when they need when they're called upon. So I will I do think Wales will win this, but I could see this going to extra time. I could see this being a really tight encounter, and uh, definitely one to look out for. Maybe one of the games of the tournament. Who knows? And then Italy Austria. I can see Austria. I'm sorry, Austria at Wembley Stadium. I can only see Austria going home and Italy progressing, and probably they won't stop there. So they won't stop there at all. They, they, they could go the whole way. And I am a fan of this Italy, this Italy outfit. But yeah, that kind of concludes today's podcast. It's kind of a well, yeah. So today was kind of just a um, Scotland England match reaction, not an instant one as we did for the Croatia game, as it was fairly delayed. And uh, sorry about that. I've referenced it on our Twitter, and do get in touch with us on there. Uh, we really love to hear from you. Um, and it's kind of been a England versus Czech public preview pod. Um, also looking looking onto the round of sixteen, looking onto all the fixtures in game week two and three, and just kind of kind of the Euros in general. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Really enjoyed it. Obviously, just myself, Jackie, and it does get a bit tiring uh, as when it's just one of when it's just one of us. So that's why today is a bit shorter than I would have liked. But um, but I'm here nonetheless, and I really wanted to get this episode out for you lot. So um, thanks so much for all the recent support. Thank you all much. Uh, share it with your friends listen to it on all, all podcasting sites and yeah thanks so much for listening today and we're gonna have to see you next time thanks so much goodbye